0: Hey everyone, and welcome to Chat20, a Roll For It podcast. We're still workshopping the name, so let's see if we can figure it out in the next 10 episodes, or maybe potentially more, depending on how fast our minds work collectively. (laughs) Uh, My name is that DM guy, and uh, the guy sitting next to me who's currently laughing his ass off is is Escobar Centuro, a.k.a. Tom.
1: You You wouldn't understand that, given that I'm not speaking with that. Horrible Spanish accents. So <laughs> this is just regular old me. I like the name though, Chat Twenty, Matt <laughs> 20 it That's got a ring to
0: it. It does. It does. Um, I think that's going to be a definite contender. Maybe you guys can throw in some suggestions, and we might even air them in future podcasts. Love it. Um, so pretty much, we are doing a Roll for It podcast version where we do like chats about everything D and D related. Now um, we've got a few sort of topics to go on. Just because we love rattling on about d and we hope that you do too. Otherwise, uh, who cares? You're listening to us anyway, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you're worried about
1: if you're worried about a podcast that's going to have a lot of dead space and be 100% boring as hell, uh, this is literally a topic that anyone that's in the hobby can talk about D&D for hours on end without stopping, so there will be no dead space.
0: (laughs) Absolutely none whatsoever.
1: (laughs) It might not be not boring, but there definitely won't be dead space. So (laughs) that is my guarantee.
0: Oh, a thousand percent. Like I was talking to James the other night, actually, and we just rattled on about D&D and different things uh, related to what we've been planning for our groups and uh, what we've done. We talked about a session where um, Tom's character in a different game is actually... Sold his soul to a pretty much Shelob from Lord of the Rings. It's great.
1: Yeah, that came out of nowhere. Uh, love a curveball. Love a good curveball. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it's brilliant too. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, one of our topics actually is getting into d d How can you get into d d Where can you get into d and um, What the hell is d d Yeah,
1: I thought this would be a good place to start. I mean, I know a lot of the people that I talk to that watch... The show already played D and D, so this particular topic will uh, kind of it'll really only affect a small percentage of our listeners because most of them are already in the game. But uh, I know when I first got into D and D, looking from the outside in, it's a lot. Like so, so I guess how do you get into it, and what are some of the hurdles, like as you're getting into it?
0: Absolutely, because I know
1: some people probably yeah they look at D and D and they think I want to try it. And then, you know, you've got, there's, there's a bit of a money, you know, there's a bit of an investment. Uh, there's a steep learning curve, you know, you've got to find a group. Uh, so there are a few hurdles. So I guess what I wanted us to just chat about was solutions to those hurdles. You know, Absolutely. How, how do you get into the game?
0: And you know, there are some really cheap, cost-effective ways to get into it. People often think that, oh, you know, you have to get this, you have to get that, you have to get that, and you have to know this. But the, in reality, all you really need is a set of dice and a set of friends. <laughs> Effectively, yeah, I mean, you, you don't basic... even need dice anymore. Um, you got
1: D and D Beyond. It's free. It's you a know? great toolkit. Uh, you can roll a dice digitally. Um, this was going to be my first point: is if you if you're interested in D and D, but you haven't 100 percent decided if you want to commit to it, uh, the basic rules are free online. Mm, absolutely. Uh, so D and D Beyond, uh, just using the basic rules. There's enough there to create, I think it's a human, half-elf, dwarf, maybe a half-orc or something. Basic races, basic classes, and you can roll the dice digitally. So you really don't have to spend money straight away. Um, obviously, if you've decided that you want to get into d <laughs> yeah, yeah. uh, then you're going to buy the player's handbook and you're going to buy your own dice and stuff like that. But yeah, I mean, the first thing you'd think about is the basic rules are free. So.
0: That's true. See, the fortunate thing too is how I got into d and I heard from a friend that they were running it at this um, store in Barrel, and uh, I was like, okay, cool, uh, I'll go check out what this D&D business is all about. I knew enough to know that you sit around a table, you roll a few dice, and you do stuff. That's effectively what I knew about D&D at the time. So I, was like, I went in with an open mind, oh, you know, I wasn't sure if I was going to like it or hate it, I played the very first session where it was very confusing. I Had to um, make a character and do a lot of mathematics, something I was never interested in, in school. By the way, they <laughs> <laughs> so got me to do all this math, and I was like, "Okay, what is it? What, what do the numbers mean?" Uh, Mason, tell me the numbers. What do they mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, and then it's,
1: um, maths. it's maths disguised as Lord of the
0: Rings. It's maths disguised. That's as Lord what it is. Exactly right. And so I sat down at the table and I made this character, it was was an elf ranger, Uh, it was an archer to be specific so I was running around with the bow shooting things and uh, was killing goblins and it was fantastic, like I loved every bit of it because when you go into the roleplay and you've got the DM there that's guiding you through things, which any good DM will uh, spend the time to guide you through with what you need to do if you're new and um, I loved it and I wanted to get back into more and I was lucky that I had a, um, a store but it's not always easy you don't always know if a store is running it you don't know um, maybe who to go to to find a game so how would you find a game Tom? Yeah, where would you go for that?
1: you're right not every store not every, not every little country town has a hobby store like I was the same I'd heard about D&D in passing when I was in high school I was in the Warhammer Club so <laughs> Shout out to the Barrel High School Warhammer Club um, uh, And obviously Warhammer and d d go hand in hand And everyone that did Warhammer did d d But I yeah. didn't um, I guess If you're stuck trying to find a game There's probably a hundred other people like you And it probably seems You don't want to go out on a limb And put a post on Facebook saying Hey does anyone want to play a D&D with me Because people might look at you and go Look at this nerd Like playing d d but there's a, there's a lot of people that are also wanting to join a group. Exactly. So I guess my first point of advice, if you don't have like a hobby shop to go down to or friends that are already in the hobbies, just reach out. Like yeah. most, most uh, Facebook has a lot of community groups, right? It does. There's a high yeah, chance yeah. the town that you live in has a community group.
0: Exactly. There's a lot of, um, a lot of people looking for it, especially with Critical Role. Uh, Matthew Mercer, we've all heard of that. Um, or if you haven't, you probably will soon if you're getting into <laughs> D. <D&D. laughs> Everyone getting into <laughs> D has eventually heard of Critical Role. I've been in D now <laughs> I've been in D now five
1: years and I can I, I have not watched a single episode, Critical Role.
0: Really? Not a single one. Not a single one. I know obviously yeah. I
1: know Matt Mercer and, and the cast and, and that they're all incredibly talented and it's a fun time and stuff like that. But obviously I came into the hobby later than most. Yeah, yeah. And when you when you look at it as a four hour <laughs> a four hour episode and it's there's like find the seventy times. episodes to get through. <laughs> yeah, and look, I think I'm going just fine. Yeah. yeah. yeah uh, exactly. But you will, you will. You'll hear about critical Role
0: Um and that's actually put D D back on the map in a lot of ways. So that, that is a positive from that, as well as like shows like Stranger Things that feature Dungeons and Dragons and it's quite popular. Um, so there are groups that are looking for games, looking to get into it. Um, and you know what, if you're scared about, you know, what other people might think when you're putting Dungeons and Dragons in there, you know what, who cares? Because at the end of the day, um, there are a lot of other people who love the game and love what they do. I know I do. I have no problems with putting posts up on Facebook and, um telling the world how much of a nerd I am because <laughs> some of them, some of them do laugh but <laughs> like an employer at work I could name
1: but uh, yeah <laughs> I find there's it's a 50-50 um so d D&D, like D&D's been around for a long time yeah I think since like the 70s um someone fact check that for me <laughs> but, uh, when I first got into it and the first campaign I was in we went to the pub on a Sunday once a month to play and my dad would be yeah. like where are you going I'd be like to the pub to play D&D and I, had, I did not expect him to know what it was but he knew because yeah. um, <laughs> he was born in the 60s and he, D&D was a massive cultural thing in the 70s and 80s before like Facebook and technology and stuff uh, so yeah people know about it uh, people do That's it there's people all ages from like less than younger than 10 right up to 50s and 60s that, that play d
0: and 100% and yeah, you know starting out you're actually starting off in a very good edition of D&D uh, so the D&D that I run and uh, most of the games I've run are 5e and it's actually very welcoming of new players so it's all very easy to sort of follow whereas before Every little bit of armor, so your helmet, your um, your chest plate, your um, whatever the armor is for your pants. <laughs> My brain is still not functioning quite properly yet, yeah, but anyway, whatever the armor is for your pants. I think
1: they're called greaves.
0: Isn't that for your like your That's arm? The is that the arm gauntlet thing? Is that gra- no, maybe it's the feet. I don't know. We need to fact check this a <laughs> <laughs> Someone's there getting triggered for yeah, sure. Someone's there it. like in a medieval fair go like, "Dude, oh, you don't understand do oh, how late our That shit. No, it never gets just said called a
1: cuirass. Cuirass? <laughs> Curass? I don't even I don't know if I said that
0: right. And there's also like pauldrons. I'm pretty sure there's also pauldrons. Pauldrons for your shoulder. that's for your pauldrons. shoulder. yeah. Yeah, we play that damn. So that's
1: we're not a LARP group, okay? We're not We're a LARP a D&D group. D&D group. We're group. We do exactly. all our role playing on the table. <laughs> uh, some people do dress up when they play D
0: and D, you know. Uh, but well, we don't do that. No, no, we don't do that yet. It's it's slowly it's a slow progression. We will get there in a couple of years. But that that's actually brings us into another point. You know, how far would you go into D and D? Because you got know, people that get really get into the voices. They really get into dressing up for it. Uh, they really get into character, and that can be quite overwhelming for a lot of people, especially um, newer, newer players who are not familiar with um, role playing the characters, and knowing what they can do.
1: Yeah, I mean, I am quite lucky, as you know. I used to do a bit of community theatre, um, so I was a very, I was a drama kid at school. Uh, and when I left school, I wanted to keep the drama going, so I joined some theatre groups here in the Highlands. I did some plays and musicals, lead roles, supporting roles. So coming into D anD D, a role playing game. I'm pretty comfortable off the bat yeah. (laughs) um, to just come out of my shell and and role-play and have these in-character conversations. But not everyone's going to be like that. Exactly, Uh, And that's probably another thing that might kind of turn people off the game is is the role-playing aspect of it. Mm. Um, But we've had tables. We've been in a lot of campaigns together now. uh, I think three or four. (laughs) Um, And you get the whole range. So you can have a player that really loves it and you could have another player that, that does a, a third-person role play kind of thing. Um, I guess the most important thing to remember is that it, 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 we're not professionals. <laughs> uh, a critical role. And you, you don't know, need to be. Oh, you don't know. need to be. No, you don't need to be able to, like, if you've watched Roll for it, which all of you have... Uh, my accent is Trashy
0: Have you seen mine? I've got like Several <laughs> varieties Of the same voice yeah. For every NPC ever Every
1: accent <laughs> Every accent Lawrence tries Just turns it's into It just turns into <laughs> Irish. <laughs> Irish And then yeah. The one time You tried to do An Irish character It turned into like German or something like. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah Not everyone can do accents And not everyone's Confident enough to it, It's weird When you're sitting At a table With someone Who's a close friend and you're talking to them, but it's, it's not them, it's their character. And you're not you, you're your character. Yeah. And people aren't confident enough to do that. I know when I first started, I probably wasn't. Um, you know, a good friend of mine was a DM that I'd been friends with for about six or seven years. And he would look across the table at me talking in an accent and I would trying my hardest not to laugh (laughs) Um, yeah
0: which I swear is like every one of my players (laughs) when I'm talking ever (laughs) Um,
1: but yeah you don't have to be a professional Um, you know role play comes naturally in with time and some people never get it but it's about having fun with a group of friends
0: exactly and that's the core of D&D if you've got a group of friends at the table that you're playing and interacting with in a different sort of social context. And that's absolutely fantastic. It encourages teamwork, Mm. it encourages um, socializing, and it also helps you to get out of that comfort zone just a little bit. Mm. You find that as you spend time in your group and you get to know the people around you, you will naturally become more confident as you go. Like, it may take people longer than others, it may um, take people short time. I think you'll find that as you're progressing, you'll become more and more comfortable as you go, especially if you're, you're spending that time in consistent groups. Uh, we've been quite fortunate. Um, I've got four players that are actually about to play a game tonight. Um, that have been very consistent on this stormy Monday night. On this stormy Monday night, yeah. By the way, there are going to be a few like little thunderstorms in this podcast. You'll be able to enjoy the ambience of Barrel Currently, it's fantastic. Love it.
1: <laughs> uh, it's funny that you mentioned, um, you know, the slow progression of a group. You know, from when you first start. To, to when you're all comfortable with each other. And we've noticed it in another campaign we did that was run by a good friend of ours, Justin, that went for gone, about two years, year and a half, two years.
0: Yeah, we went for quite a while. And when we first
1: joined, you know, three or there was a small section of the group that were good friends and then a few of us were outsiders. Um but by the end of it, we were all really good friends. Exactly. Like we would when we first started it was we'd rock up, we'd get our stuff out, we'd play. By the end of it, we'd turn up and it would take an hour to start the game because we are catching up <laughs> as friends. Uh, and call me sadist, but I actually like watching people come out of their shell. Um, yeah, yeah. Like, I know it sounds bad, like I'm torturing people. <laughs> you know, but I like watching that progression, like of people being, yeah. being awkward and then finding their, their voice and then, and then coming full circle.
0: Exactly, and that's one of um, that's one of the greatest things in D anD D is just watching people absolutely flourish and watching people um, even get the the courage and confidence to go into like step up even to maybe dungeon mastering one day. So I did. running a table, yeah. and then Tom did. Tom uh, runs a game every second Wednesday for the same group actually, yeah, um, which is pretty fantastic. So it's um, it's also about fostering that um, you know courage to take that step, take that leap. And even D and D in groups that you sort of spend that time with, you'll find that you're doing it um, more often, which is fantastic. So, it's actually a funny story about um, how we how met properly. I went to a play that uh, Tom was a part of. He was playing a Spanish uh, Spanish man. That's,
1: yeah, it was that. It was female. It was the, odd, well. couple. It was the odd couple. It was the odd couple, but yeah. the roles were reversed. So. The main characters were females, and, and the sexy neighbours down the hall were Spanish males. That's where I got my shitty Spanish accent
0: from. Uh, so I bumped into him at BWS where uh, where he works. Represent. <laughs> That's it. We are now sponsored by BWS. Most are, most are BWS. Exactly. <laughs> We're not, but uh, (laughs) if you're offering, you know. Yeah, hit me up. Hit me up. Yeah, so I met there. And I was like, oh, okay. That was just like a coincidence. Uh, Bumped into him, said hello, you know said uh, great I thought he was actually <laughs> I thought it he did was, pretty good I had it. a fan I oh, was like
1: <laughs> i had been in theater at that point for that was a that was towards the end of my theater yeah. career I say career I didn't get paid for it um but like you were the first person to recognize me outside of theater and actually <laughs> talk about it yeah I was like oh I got a fan
0: like, um I was actually there for the performance and then so I was DMing a game at the uh, local hobby store in Barrel and uh, Justin, as we mentioned earlier, he goes, oh, you know, I run this game every second Wednesday, you know, you, you're interested in jumping in? And I'm like, yeah, please. I was, like, I was getting into d d left and right, so having another offer another <laughs> to play a game was fantastic. Yeah. So I went to the local cafe, which he said it was, at uh, about six uh, at night. Uh, getting out of work to get there was sometimes a bit more complex <laughs> <laughs> yeah tell me about it
1: I, the game started at 6 I didn't finish till 7 in Bargo um, so I was always late
0: <laughs> I just rocked up there and there Tom was <laughs> I
1: was I like I, what the I hell I was late and I walked in and because we were on oh our, yeah it was
0: the other way around you walked we, in
1: yeah we were on our we'd been doing that campaign for probably <clears throat> 5 or 6 sessions by that point um, and each week like Justin brought in a cameo and they yeah. were only there for a week, um, and, so, and so and you come you come in on the Wednesday and you didn't know who was going to be there. You knew yeah, the main yeah. group, and then there was going to be a cameo, and then the one I I was late, and then you were there. <laughs> That's and right. Yeah, I walk in and it's like Tom, and I was like Lawrence. <laughs> <What> the hell? <laughs> and anyway, I thought Lawrence was the cameo.
0: <laughs> Next minute. I come back the next fortnight he's like, oh, yeah. you're back. And, uh, <laughs> and he
1: became a full-time member of the group. Uh, and now we're really good mates.
0: Exactly. And like uh, a lot of games that I run, I love to invite Tom into because I think that it's absolutely fantastic. Because I'm going. We're playing. It's just fantastic. Really best, good. you know. <laughs> really good. Yeah, just like rub that in. <laughs> <laughs> you want someone to
1: break your quiet characters out of their shell? <laughs> I mean, man.
0: That's it. Um, and we've been playing pretty much ever since, which has been fantastic, so... Mm. Um, but yeah, getting into role play, we've gone on a tangent yet again. We've got a whole story to get <laughs> it, <laughs> back. It's it you know, circles circle back. It does was talking about reality. bringing
1: people out of their shelves, which <laughs> it, that, that so perfectly segues into it role play. It
0: really does. It segues into that role play. Um, but at the end of the day, you can do as much or as little as you want. Like you don't have to go on the full dress up. Mm-hmm. Um, you may eventually want to to go into that but you you don't have to it's nothing um, you can do as much or as little as you want which is I think the thing which is good
1: when you're new to the game with role playing is to figure out what you as a player are comfortable with yeah and what the other players at the table are comfortable with absolutely because you might be coming into a game where the table they might prefer the other kind of role play where they just say what they're going to do and they roll for it
0: yeah. For it. um, so, and, it's a great name and, it's know, a, probably a good name for a podcast that some you
1: people don't like being poked and prodded so if you're coming into a table and you really want to you know stretch your acting muscles um, you really got to just re- make sure that everyone else is comfortable to do it and vice versa if yeah, a new exactly. player comes to your table and you're a heavy role play table and this person's not so much into that you just got to make sure Everyone knows what everyone's comfortable with.
0: Exactly. And I think um, now that you mentioned that, the thing it's important to talk about. um, It's very rare to come across these groups, but sadly they are out there where you get the sort of toxic players or you might get a toxic DM. Um, You just got to watch out for those kind of people and don't feel compelled to stay there. There are other groups to join in. Um, So DMs that don't listen to what you feel comfortable with and don't take that into consideration and allow... Um, that sort of negative environment to continue you either need to bring that up with them maybe they'll change um, what they want how they're hosting it or um, if they don't well maybe you need to consider going to a different group because you don't want to affect your um, yeah pretty much mental
1: yeah I've known welfare. players on on every notch of the spectrum so I've known players that uh, they just want combat they just want to hit stuff yeah um and so they cannot stand extended role play sessions um and they will go out of their way to interrupt you know you're in the middle of a role play session oh i want to steal something oh i want to attack the guy he's talking to like yeah um if yeah if you if you find your yeah i guess the comfort that you were talking about is if you find yourself in that kind of situation and you you want to do that role play stuff. Yeah, it might not be the group for you.
0: Exactly. It's like, uh, so we play this uh, pretty much adults-only game on every second Monday and every uh, second Wednesday. When he says
1: adults-only, don't <laughs> take it the way I know you. I know <laughs> you. <laughs> oh, yes,
0: yeah, completely disclosure. It is probably entirely the way you want to take it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. It's not, uh, that. <laughs> it's not like that. We
1: went to a brothel once. <laughs> Um,
0: it was it was a whole thing. It was, you had to be there. You had to be. There. Yeah,
1: look, we. That's a story for another time uh, when we retell the legend of Morcav. Uh.
0: I definitely feel like we're losing viewers right now. Just like, no, 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 guys, please listen, listen. It's not like you think, listen, guys. But um, what what I mean by like an adult's... Game is that it is not designed for our game not designed for children, whereas a lot of other games can be, um, and in fact are really good for children to be involved in. But uh, even still, even despite the fact that we're that we're doing this sort of more uh, R eighteen version game, what I mean is like it's more violence than anything else. It, but it's we just... still have to be careful where the line is drawn, and the line is drawing with um, where everyone feels comfortable.
1: Yeah, it, yeah. It... People are probably thinking adults only is like sex and nudity and stuff Bowling like that. Chica, bow, and bow. like, realistically, <laughs> I think the worst thing that's ever happened is that I've i visually described like smashing someone's head in, mm. uh, and then I taunted that character's brother by telling him visually how I smashed his sister's head. In. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> it was quite something. But at the end of the day, if we were uncomfortable with that. Uh, we we're all happy to talk to each other. That's the point. Yeah, we talk to, it, we bring right. it up. Yeah. Um, and see, here's another thing I mentioned in one of my sort of horror Christmas one shots. Um, it's pretty brutal. As uh, It involved a noose. Okay, well, I'll go into that pretty much <laughs> to scare other people away. But um, it, was, it was involving a noose and swinging and dead. And. It really it triggered one of my players. Um, it wasn't my fault. I didn't know. But, it uh, but what they did afterwards, they brought it up with me. And now we don't bring that sort of element into it. That's right. Um, and that's, that's sort of reciprocating that environment, which is safe and comfortable. You're not going to always know what's going to trigger someone. You can't always mm. know that. But the difference is um, I reacted... In a, way, uh, in a way that allowed her to be comfortable at the table um, and improving future games so she's not feeling that discomfort. So it's good to communicate between whoever is causing the grief at the table and also with the DM. Yeah. And if you're, feeling, if you're feeling uncomfortable, hopefully the DM is approachable. They should be. Any good DM is approachable to, the, um, to that side of things. If they shut you down or they don't listen to you, That's when there's an issue. That's when it's like, okay, maybe I need to get myself out of this situation. And I recommend that if they're not, if they're shutting me down, if a DM shuts you down, doesn't listen to you at all, then yeah, find a different DM. There are plenty out there that are, um, they're more than willing to, um, you know, be receptive.
1: It's the old adage of don't let, don't let one piece of rotten fruit spoil the bunch.
0: Exactly. Yeah.
1: For every one, I I've never encountered a DM like that. For every one DM like that, there's nine
0: good ones. Exactly. Um, and I find too that in my experience um, so far with D and D, all the groups I've played in or DM'd for have been actually really positive. Uh, they've all been different in their own little ways, but uh, they've all been positive. Uh, I've got, gotten on well with the other players around the table. Gotten on well with the DM that's uh, that's running it, and I found that D and D, as opposed to other games that are maybe more competitive than D and D is, because D and D for the pretty much isn't competitive. Um, it's the opposite. It's the opposite. It's, the opposite. it's, it's collaborative. actually collaborative. It's, it's
1: collaborative storytelling. It's a cooperative exactly. game. Yeah.
0: And because of that, everyone is actually really welcoming. Um, and they're all there for the same purpose they're all there to have fun they're all there to um, socialise they're all there to escape reality for a few hours <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> and it is fantastic so you'll, you'll find that a lot of groups are going to be welcoming um, so don't, don't be scared by when I say oh there's like those small minute people there are but for every one of them it's like as Tom said it's another 10 great ones so, that's right. Yeah. yeah, for everyone, there's another ten. So there's plenty out there. If a group doesn't work for you, it's not the end of the end of the world. Try a different group. Mm-hmm. Try and see what, uh, and talk to them. Talk to the DM about the style of game they're running. Talk to them about um, the expectations they have and what expectations do you have. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much that's pretty much it for me on toxicity. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I me mean, um, yeah. The the
1: only point I have on on toxicity and I know we weren't talking about this, we were talking about role play, but it just... <laughs> tangent. Say tangent, guys. Um, is, uh, I don't, probably everyone's heard of it, is the, is the, um, the main character syndrome, or the, the that guy. Everyone's <laughs> yeah.
0: heard of it. Um, you Not know, to be associated with that DM guy. <laughs> <everyone>. <laughs> just, no. Uh, just going to say it. Er, er, I about. mean, if
1: you don't know what, what, quote unquote, that guy is, you can find it easily. Um, His main character syndrome is, as we said, the game's cooperative. It's a team game. The DM creates the world and the players live in it uh, as a team. There's not a main character. Um, So I think the only thing I would say is trying... Because you don't... No one likes having a main character syndrome suffering person. At the table, uh, just try and keep that in your, in the front of your mind when you when you when you play D anD D as well. Uh, yeah, is that it's a team game. Uh, you don't always have to be the loudest person at the table. Uh, your character doesn't always have to be doing everything. Yeah, uh, yeah, that would be my only point.
0: And remember, like your character deserves their moments, but remember, so does everyone. That's Every right. other character at the table yeah. deserves their moments. And you know what? When sometimes when you are actually listen to another character's um, doing their stuff it's actually something you can celebrate um, and enjoy and it really changes the dynamic it's the same with um, everyone, everyone gets those moments and the DM as well should foster uh, moments from everyone, not just individual people or um, specific people that's right um, but again, I always allow people, maybe not feeling that confident to go on the spotlight yeah, just to, you know, go, come in when they're ready to do so um, but it's important not to overpower them with, uh, you know, your ideas as a character. Um, yeah. And to really take the spotlight away from other people. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. yeah. Um,
1: everyone's learning. Uh, everyone does things their own way. Uh, if you're a full on like role play loving thespian, uh, and you know, <laughs> perhaps someone's stuttering a bit or, you know, they're role playing in a third person kind of way. Just, just let them. Like, exactly. Um, not everyone's, as I said, confident enough to look a person in the eyes and pretend to be someone else. I did it on stage, so I'm fine with it. Yeah. But you can role play in the third person perspective.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Um, and that's completely fine too. Some people come out of the show more when it comes to combat. And that's that's great as well. Some people are like, oh, I prefer the combat side of things at the moment just because that's what I'm familiar with. Um, and that's good too. You can also use combat as like a role playing moment. I've had this moment where I climbed on the back of uh, some beast, and I did a whole legolas thing, legolas <laughs> from Lord of the Rings, where he gets like the arrow pulls his back and like shoots him in the head, shoots a troll in the head. It was a similar thing to that. Jumped on the back, and I was describing this whole scene that my character at the time was doing. Um, and that's that's something that I got a lot of enjoyment for. But at the time, it was hard to get. Um, more just role play outside of combat, mm. um, but then slowly you know, get more and more comfortable doing that as well, and like describing what your character's doing, um giving them quirks, which actually brings us into yeah a nice little segue, perfect, perfect segue. Yeah. <laughs> look at me, go, I 'm on yeah. a roll, um, making characters interesting and dynamic, so you've made your character. Um, you're ready to dive into a game, but you haven't quite got the backstory down, down a pack yet, or you may not have their personality traits or their, um, flaws or their bonds and ideals down a pack yet. Let me give you one bit of advice. Just if you don't do like a full massive backstory, that's fine. But doing a personality trait, your bonds, your ideals, your flaws really helps you get an idea of who your character is. Um, give them an interesting quirk. <laughs> give, you know what I mean? We've got a player at the moment who um, is jumping in on Tom's game actually, and he loves things. He, he's a poop scooper. He's a peasant, and <laughs> yeah, actually, <laughs> he has this like yeah. real sort of interest in poo. He's yeah. <laughs> as fucked up as that is, <laughs> but it's funny, and that's it's an interesting character quirk. Yeah. Uh, And he's
1: brand new He's brand Uh, new Bruce, Jacques uh, Bruce is his coffee name Um, (laughs) Lustre Yeah, brand new to the group Like we reached out on Facebook To see if anyone would want to join Because we had a spare spot in the campaign And Mm. um, just having those couple of personality quirks For his character Even though he's brand new to the group he Straight away He's opened up Exactly Yeah uh, I love it
0: and, that, um, and that's what you could do with your characters, find like little sort of interesting quirks. I played a goblin, and this was actually in Tom's game, no, Tom was DMing this game. I played a goblin called Hick, and um, he killed this Minotaur by ripping off a horn and stabbing the eye. It was quite a brutal scene. It was very brutal. <laughs> and it scared the other characters, and it also scared Hick, so I decided that was an interesting segue into making him more of a pacifist in combat. He decided to take himself for away for a few weeks into, into wilderness, sort of bury his weapons, and come back as a support, uh, in a support role. But was playing the pacifism side of it. Um, but that became sort of his quirk. That became something uh, that was about him, uh, and that makes it dynamic. And see, does. the thing is, like even once you make a character, you put all that stuff in. Remember, your in-game character is still in the world and is constantly changing. He's constantly changing his views just like we change our views. Mm. My views now would be different to my views 10 years ago. Um, And same with your characters. They change over time. So making them dynamic when things happen is you can change Mm. those things. Maybe something happens that makes... Jack terrified of poo. <laughs> I would hate to think
1: well, what, uh, what could happen.
0: <laughs> and they completely changed the dynamic of his quirks. Um, same with Hick. Uh, in fact, he did. Um, his whole family was wiped out by a group of hill giants. And he was confronted by a hill giant. Um, so it forced this anger that was um, buried deep down. And he... Um, actually attacked. Yeah. So that pacifism is starting to break because of a new situation. So again, that quote changes. My yeah, point I being mean, is it's dynamic. Yeah, yeah. and
1: I'm, everyone's got an idea of what they want their character to be. Uh, you know, before you even start the game, you've got all these characters in your head. And like, it's cool to know what you want them to be, but kind of let it play out naturally.
0: It'll play out it naturally. That's like, it.
1: And that's what you're getting at. Is yeah. you could have just said from the start, no, my, you know, Hick's just going to slaughter everything. He doesn't care. Uh, no. <laughs> and then something happens that affects him as stuff happens in real life that affects us. And then it changes your perspective. It yeah. does change your perspective. So, it, yeah, yeah, I mean, if don't be afraid to switch up the formula.
0: Exactly yeah. right. And um, don't... The whole KISS... The, if you don't know what that means, it's keep it simple, stupid. Um, <laughs> not condoning calling the audience stupid. <laughs> <laughs> but keep it simple. But keep it simple, okay? <laughs> um, is simply to not go too involved in your backstories because you'll find that it's harder for you to pinpoint things that you can roleplay within that and it's harder to convey that mm. to in in-game setting. However what I do, uh, do recommend is doing like a short backstory with just some short key points like your personality traits, mm. your ideals, your bonds, your flaws So, and actually use those more often than your backstory because if you're using those four categories um, that gives you sort of like a head start into role playing your character and of course as we said that changes over time so you can change up the formula That's right. but keep it simple with those four things and you'll find that your role playing becomes improved because of it. you'll find it more natural and at the end of the day you want to enjoy playing a character, you want to find that connection between you and your own character um, like I can name two characters of mine that will always be remembered <laughs> as the best characters that I've played and that's Yatow and Killmonger which a Killmonger was a Warforge forge, um, Artificer Or Artificer for some people. Or even... Or Artificer, if (laughs) you (laughs) believe. Exactly. There's apparently a third way of pronouncing it, but never mind that. (laughs) And Nyetal was a warlock. Um, Yanti.
1: Yanti, yeah.
0: Yeah, so... uh, And I found that the more I roleplayed them and discovered their flaws and their personality um, traits, the more I got into it. And one thing that worked really well with Killmonger is he... Wanted to have a sense of humour, but has no understanding of like how it's supposed to be delivered. Or hmm. yeah, he's
1: a, he's a robot. That's just got he's a, a machine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um,
0: so yeah, that's that's pretty much like making a characters interesting and, dyna- um, and dynamic is don't overlook those four categories. You'll see them in your character sheet, and a lot of people you know, go ah. Won't, you, won't bother using it. I yeah. recommend do using them. Because yeah, I, Like, it doesn't have to be something
1: game-breaking. Like, yeah, just, a lot of people, some people go over the top and one of their flaws might be that they're so afraid of combat that they, they're frightened every time they're in combat. Yeah. People go so far as to put self-imposed, like, disadvantage yeah. on themselves. But it can be simple stuff. Like, starting out easy. Like, you know, I have a drinking pot. So, you know, you have a tavern session and then your character has a drinking problem that's naturally going to open up the roleplay perspective there. Yeah. And, yeah.
0: And it's collaborative storytelling. I think the biggest advice I can give you is don't, um, don't confuse D&D with a video game. And now when you're playing a video game, you want to customize your character mm. so it's the best it could possibly be, right? Because you're trying to beat the game. That's right. In D and D, you're not trying to beat D and D. You're not trying to beat the story per se. You don't win. You don't win as yeah. a general. So you, there's a lot of people out there that's going to go like the full min max side of things. Like, oh, my character's like got a twenty in this, I can thump you with a plus fifty greatsword. <laughs> but there's and there's people
1: that, there's people that do that and, yeah. and like there's role play and then there's role play. So there's role play. We've been talking about R O L E play. And then yep. there's roleplay, which is R-O-L-L play. And there's some people that they play D&D specifically just to create the most broken-ass characters. <laughs> and they just want to roll dice and get the highest numbers that they can. Yeah. And that's okay. That's the way you want to play D&D. Yeah, yeah, just make true. sure you're fitting into the right group.
0: You're fitting into the right group. That's yeah. exactly right. If you're, if you're more interested in the um, R-O-L-E play side of things then don't focus too much on you know how great you can make your character but focus on um, like quirks that your character has um, feel like the positive side and the and the negative side because that makes it more dynamic but when it comes to if you just want to make these broken characters and you want to go just slaying things discuss um, discuss that with your DM discuss that with your table if you are starting off in DMing uh, make sure you talk to your players about that and see if they're on board with that style of play and then go for gold um, but yeah, there's like three pillars in D&D. We probably it's, should have started off with We probably should have started off with this. <laughs> <basically laughs> it's actually really, really a good. <laughs> it's a basic explanation. It's a basic explanation. You've got exploration and investigation. Uh, I'll sort of like, keep them sort of together because they're really sort of hand in hand. So when you want to explore things and find out things, you want to learn about the map, you want to learn about places within that world, and you want to find clues... Um, all falls in that exploration and investigation. You want to start learning about the law and and problem solving, um, do all those kind of um, stuff. You could be more into role play. That's the R-O-L-E. Which they call play. social interaction. Yeah, so, social interaction, and um, yeah, exactly. Mm. And then you sort of bring up um, more verbal interactions with maybe an NPC, or you're finding different ways to approach um, social situations um or you're engaging with towns and people within there or stuff like that then you've also got combat so this is when um you have different encounters that you want to go uh be the hero and you want to slay you're uh, more interested in slaying monsters um and then coming out as this sort of triumphant hero um and then within that Within that, you have got the people called murder hobos. You'll hear Damn. about them, about them. They're a wild card. So for <laughs> a wild card, they really are. <laughs> if uh, again, if you want to make a game around murder hobos, and just killing everything you want, doing whatever the hell you want to do, within that, bring that up with the players first. Bring that up with the DM first, and say, "This is what I'm interested in doing. Can we make a game with players that are like-minded and want to do this kind of stuff?" But if you're a murder hobo, which I'll describe as a person who goes around and killing NPCs for no, no real reason, for just, the of, just yeah. for the fun of it.
1: They're, they're, the, they're the typical, like, when you're, when you're reading about D&D, and it's like, oh, my, my party went into a shop, and we wanted to buy some supplies, and the shopkeeper said they were one gold piece, and so the party rogue stabbed him. <laughs> like the that's that a very just, typical murder hobo. The people that just play d d to break the rules, yeah, to do yeah. do the things they can't do in real life, specifically killing people that piss them off.
0: Yeah. Now, if you're in a game that's like minded and they want to do that kind of stuff, that's that's completely fine and can be quite enjoyable. However, if you've got one murder hobo in a in a group that wants to role play and to have those social interactions and have those kind of um, dynamics, and you've got a murder hobo in that group. That can actually be really disruptive, mm. because you could be like trying to talk, you like you getting someone down to a point. We've had that. we was trying to talk this centaur into joining the cause, and it was going really well. The role play was going really well. Um, I was rolling four things. It was going up and down, but I was I was getting there. And we had this one person come and was like, "No, nah, this is taking too long. I'm going to stab him and kill him." So I killed it. It was disruptive because um, it was opposite of what I was trying to do, which was the social interactions. Mm-hmm. And then you've got a murder hobo, wildcard that comes in like, "Hey, I'm here now, stabby stab." Yeah, <laughs> yeah it kind of can, it can. And great. It, no. it, it,
1: and it was a great. It was. A, I was part of that that campaign, uh, and it was a great moment, the role play moment that was happening with this this uh, this old centaur general who yeah. was past his prime and. He just wanted to relive his glory days, and you know he was too old to fight, so he and just became went, an alcoholic. He became and, an alcoholic, and he just drank yeah. himself to death. And it was this great, <laughs> like, it, and it, it went for. It was probably about a five or ten minute, you know, role playing interaction between Lawrence and the DM, and it was there was some really good stuff coming out of it. And then yeah, you just get that one player who just there to stab shit, that. and they're like, oh, I just, I just walk up behind him and cut his throat, like. <laughs> Yeah, uh, it can be disruptive.
0: It can be disruptive. So, um, again, if your players are like-minded and your DMs are like-minded, that's fine. You can, there's games out there, there's people that create games just for that purpose. That's right. However, if it's not within that dynamic and it's not what other people around the table feel comfortable with doing or want to do, then again, you're creating um, that sort of environment. That's not great. It's not great when you when you're new. It's fine. You get a little bit of lee-ray. That's a good thing with it. Like you, you're new, you're starting out. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna try and kill someone. You're gonna try and do it eventually. You know, I, test the waters. I can't say it's the right of way. I, just, I can't
1: <laughs> say it ever. It ever like uh, looked interesting to me to be that kind of player <laughs> from the very moment. I guess because the first player, the first player character I made was like a lawful good fighter barbarian so he wouldn't do that kind of thing but it just never like it just i don't know yeah they're a different breed yeah
0: different hobos are a different breed like (laughs) uh, as Lawrence
1: said like if 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 it's a whole group of people that want to be murder hobos great i don't recommend it (laughs) yeah uh if you just want to stab shit and fight um there's other games yeah, and
0: if it's like one or two people at the table that are doing it, and everyone else is um, involved in trying to social interact and stuff like that. If you're a DM that's listening to this and you're wondering, you know, what should I do? Talk to them about it. You know, bring it bring it up. Like say, look, hey, I noticed that, um, you know, it's starting to kill a lot of the NPCs for like barely any reason at all. And it's actually disrupting everyone's ability to role play situations out. Um, I can see that you want to do more killing. Maybe there's uh, more combat you would like to have in the game. So you can actually work it out in a positive, so change, try and change the dynamic. And like when, they may not, may not know that they're actually causing that harm at the table. They may not know it. They may think that they're doing something that's funny or entertaining. They may think the other players are going to find it humorous. So they may not be aware that what they're doing is actually not great. So if you're a new DM out there, talk to them. Bring it up, bring it up with them. Um, see what their needs are and what they Mm. want to see in the game Mm. and then also assert your needs and what you want um, to see in the game Um, because it's got to be comfortable for both parties both the DM and the players holistically but bring it up with them um, turn it into a positive so you know what can you um, gather for why they're doing what they're doing so maybe they do want more combat
1: but just keep in mind more combat means more maths so (laughs) like if you don't like maths, <laughs> you you probably prefer to do the role play and the exploration side of things. Yeah. Because when you're in combat, you're rolling more dice and you're doing more addition. Uh, so that's another point. You know, if you're a murder hobo, just expect to be doing more maths.
0: Um, and the good thing too, like with D&D, is you can actually do more than you think you can. Especially when you start out, you like think, oh, I don't really know what to do. But then, as you start to play, you realise oh, I can do actually. A lot of things i just didn't realize i could do that um and then you start getting more confident into that you'll find that you interact with things differently so mm. maybe you don't even get into combat maybe you talk your way out of a situation mm. maybe you sneak away from the situation or maybe you go the dip- um, diplomatic route mm. and you talk yourself out of combat which can happen too and i think those kind of situations are just as entertaining um but I find that D&D isn't just a game. It's not just sitting down at a table, making a character, and then throwing it out there. It's, it's more than that. It's it, deeper look, than that.
1: It falls under the category of TTRPG, tabletop role-playing game, but I agree. It, it's more... A game is... So, think of it in a way like you think RPG, you think video game. Xbox, PlayStation. I I was playing The Witcher earlier. It's yeah. a role-playing <laughs> game. You play the role of a character who's pre-made there, and you kind of just decide what to do with them. D and D, you're making a whole entity. You are yeah. role-playing them, but it's it's yeah, it's hard to explain. But to to people in the hobby, um, it's more than
0: a game. It's more than a game. And yeah. I think a lot of um, positive sides that you get from it is it's a great social interaction. I mean, whenever we start our games here, which we're going to do tonight... Oh, um, well, look,
1: everyone's arriving at 6.30, but we won't start yeah. playing until we won't start 7, <laughs> <also just> 7.30. It's 7.30 even, mate. We just that, chat. Yeah. You're, just, like, you're catching up with mates, friends. And um, that's, that's the
0: big thing about it, is you're catching up with friends. And um, don't take it too seriously. It's not... You can't see it as a job. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> don't unless, take it seriously
1: unless you're paying for the DM. In which case, don't fuck around like that. Because uh, <laughs> you, know, you know, professional DMing services are a thing. So if you're paying to have the game run for you, obviously, just show up and and play. But yeah, if you're playing it as a hobby, uh, you know, more casually, it's it's a it's an experience.
0: It is an experience, and I think that. Uh, it's a very positive one because it brings out that sort of social connections. I mean, the amount of friends I've made just playing D&D is um, incredible. I was I came from a guy that maybe had like one really close friend to having like a whole network of friends that I can um, talk to and interact with um, and be there for me and like vice versa and be there for them. Um, and I find like <laughs> pretty much the D&D group I'm with tonight is a second family to me. Mm. Um, I hold out for it every fortnight. Um, I love being a player in it and DMing for it because I think it's one of the most incredible and positive things in my life. And you'll find that too when if you get if you get into D and D and you find a group that you get on with really well, and you spend a long time with because campaigns, for example, they can go on for years and years and years. Mm. So um, you could be interacting with the same group of people if you're, if you're lucky and they don't disband, but which is a whole other thing. <laughs> but Obviously, um, life gets in the middle. Life gets in the know. middle. At the end of the day, if I could sit here and play D&D for the rest of my life without going to work, I would. But <laughs> <laughs> that's not reality. Yeah, yeah like <laughs> It's we, not possible.
1: The group we were talking about that, that Justin ran, it was a bigger group. I think at the peak, there was maybe eight of us.
0: Um, yeah, that was all, that that's a lot of people. But in we D&D. all got
1: along very well. Yeah. Uh, but obviously, yeah, you can't play with the same group forever because you know one of the players had to move to Wollongong, the other one got a new job, and the shifts changed. Uh, exactly. That kind of stuff. But yeah, finding a group, and and sticking with that group, uh, for an extended period of time, uh, is just one of the best parts of D and D. And now
0: I've got these um, really close friends that I consider a second family, um, whether they remain playing d or not. That's right. Um, and it's something that's really important to me and it's an important part of my life. And I'm sure it is for some others as well, I hope. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Like, um, yeah. you know,
1: I'm sure everyone's got experiences of, you know, starting with a group of relatively unknown people. And then, you know, four or five years later, they're like your family. Yeah. Like... The first day I walked into the cafe for Justin's campaign, I only knew Justin. I only (laughs) knew the DM. And that's only because he was good friends with my brother. Yeah. And he worked at the pub that I played that other session at. And he was like, oh, wow, you play D&D? Like, I run a thing every second Wednesday. You should come along. So I only knew Justin. And uh, by the time that group kind of went their separate ways, half of that group plays in this group that's playing tonight. (laughs) So... Um, yeah it yeah I think it, it, it's just been such a great well not everyone's so lucky I'll put it that way yeah yeah some people get shit groups you know especially if it's one that you, you, like we said if you have to jump on Facebook and, and wrangle people in like you're not going to get 100% strike rate
0: yeah like, <laughs> you might get a
1: troubled person here or there or you might find a group that you don't fit in but you know when you do, and when you can stick with that group for ages, uh, it's just one of the best things.
0: Oh, thousand percent! Yeah, thousand percent. Uh, we're actually approaching the hour mark now for oh, our episode. Around. We have definitely gone on a big tangent. We hope you all enjoy <laughs> it. Um, I, we I had a lot of fun I, I thought think, we were just
1: going to cut it off at like 30 minutes so. <laughs> yeah. I
0: mean I had that like 30, 45 minutes in mind And then it's sort of like Oh right, it's actually 53 minutes to look down at the time Yeah right um, That goes to show you how um, great these chats are I love I talking look, D&D have got a million I other topics I've like,
1: got a million other topics in my head That I, I want to discuss and get people's opinions on Because um, the game is so divisive it is like so all divisive. you gotta do is follow obviously being a big nerd, I'm on Reddit. <laughs> all you gotta do is just follow all the D and D subreddits. Yeah, And the game the fan base and the game itself are so divisive that you can just talk about it forever. Oh, So exactly. like yeah, we there's plenty of content uh, <laughs> to be had.
0: Um, well we've got a couple of things to mention before we finish up, actually. Um, one one thing that I've been in ta- talking about is another group called
1: um... Basement Discourse. Thank if you, you. Basement
0: this. Discourse. Yeah. So I was really reaching for the name. that I keep getting confused with Discord. <laughs> I think Discord, Basement. Base.
1: Yeah. <laughs> no, so it's it's Justin who we were talking about. Basement uh, Discord. It's Justin, yeah. Brady Gisborne, and then Jace Ross. And um, they talk about a whole range of topics, including D&D, video games, and anime. Absolutely. As well as a whole lot of other pop culture,
0: and uh, we're thinking of like getting getting some of them to come on as like guest stars. There was still a talking about it. There's nothing nothing um, set in stone yet, but I think it'd be pretty cool to like uh, have that sort of collaboration. I was um, chatting with Justin from Basement Discourse the other day, mm. actually, about the potential of doing. Yeah, something on the they'll actually that. They're,
1: they're, they're, they'll actually be starting their own um, their own D and D recording their own D and D sessions called. Um, Dungeons & Discourse, which I think starts on March 7th. The first episode drops on their YouTube. Yeah, but if so you when you finish s- watching
0: ours, yeah. jump on over to yeah. theirs. <laughs> uh, if you
1: haven't got around it though, yeah, it's a really good podcast. <laughs> I got in late on it, but you know, they're our episodes. Uh, if you're a mad nerd like me, get around it.
0: Um, well, I think that's pretty much all from, all from me. I'm, I'm really excited to get more into doing more talks and getting more involved in um these chats as well absolutely fantastic i um
1: yeah i love you know i love talking about it uh and you know if there's newer players out there that are struggling to get into it uh and there's questions like send them through like
0: absolutely and um make sure you comment give us some ideas um we always go from there always thrive on advice Mm. Um, and yeah, give us some names for the podcast. We might even feature them in the next one. Yeah, look, Chat, <laughs> Chat Twenty is pretty
1: good. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's probably it's so good that I'm pretty sure it's probably already trademarked somewhere. <laughs> um, so yeah, look if you got if you got cool D and D pun names for our podcast, send them through. Hit us up,
0: please do. Um, and anyway, that is us. And if you want to um, find us on Facebook, it's Roll for It. Uh, you'll see our little logo there we'll put that in the link somewhere in this uh, podcast chat I'm sure and don't forget to like, follow and
1: subscribe
0: exactly or um, we will find you I would
1: get shot if I didn't we will like find Derek. you
0: and we'll take your hands <laughs> and press that button for you yeah. no, no <laughs> don't worry we won't do that find the bell or icon or will we
1: and touch it
0: just caress that bell yeah we we <laughs> have our give a little flick just <laughs> and with that (laughs) and with that we shall bid you a fond farewell and please return for our next one (laughs) bye